everybody for joining the StarCast All In media call today. We appreciate your time. Uh, to give you a quick rundown of what we will talk about today, uh, we will start um, with Conrad Thompson. We will then talk with Jeff Jarrett, Eric Bischoff, Bruce Pritchard, and then finish with Cody. Uh, just a reminder, StarCast on Fight TV uh, is from Thursday, August 30th through Sunday, September 2nd. $99 weekend pass will get you over 38 live shows, 50 hours of content live or on demand. And if you order now, you get a $20 credit from Fight TV that can be applied to the purchase of All In, uh, which brings us to All In, which is Saturday, September 1st, live from the sold-out Sears Center. Uh, the pay-per-view starts at 7 p.m. Eastern with All In Zero Hour starting at 6 o'clock Eastern on WGN America. With that, I will be bringing in uh, Conrad Thompson, who is organizing StarCast. Conrad, are you there? Hey there, can you hear me? I can. I can hear you. Um, so just want to kick it off. If you could give us a rundown of what fans can expect from StarCast. And again, fans, if you have a question uh, in media, you can dial star six. Yeah, well, first of all, I appreciate everybody taking time to jump on. We're very excited about the event. Uh, obviously, I'm a first-time promoter, so this has been uh, a little nerve-wracking for me, but I created it as a fan, man. I'm still not a promoter. I'm still a wrestling fan, and this is the uh, type of show that I would want to go to, so hopefully fans are digging what we're putting together. And we've got something for everybody with this. It's four days, over 25 stage shows, you know, well over 40 hours of content. And uh, the cool thing about watching it on fight is you can watch it both live and on demand. If you're actually attending StarCast in person, we've got shows going on at the exact same time. You couldn't possibly see it all. You'd have to make a choice. Do I want to see this? Do I want to see that? Well, on fight, you can actually see everything. You can switch back and forth, watch one now, watch another one later. So I really do think it's a tremendous value. Uh, but we've also got a bit of an appetizer going, and I don't know that we've talked a lot about this. It's twitch.tv forward slash StarCast, and of course there's two R's in the StarCast. We're going to have a, a Twitch stream for the duration of the show with lots of extra bonus content, including, I can't believe this is real, a live exhibition from PCO and Dr. Destro on Thursday night in our vendor space, which is the C2E2 Collector's Corner. But then we're kicking things off, man, with meet and greets live at 5 o'clock, and then uh, the actual show starts for fight and the Monday night wars debate has been something that we've been really circling on our calendars as a hot topic. Of course, uh, Eric Bischoff has had a tremendous success with his new podcast, 83 weeks. And of course, everybody knows about something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard and I'm going to be stuck in the middle. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see if these two guys can keep it together. They're coming into this thing as friends, but if you've heard Bischoff lately, um, he's off the deep end on some of these hot takes. And uh, Bruce is, is obviously uh, got his view of things. So we're looking forward to that. But then we're going to have some lighter fare, too, on Thursday with elite karaoke with Marty Skrull and a Papa Buck Jam session. And I think a lot of people have been sleeping on the Papa Buck Jam session. You've got Frankie Kazarian who's going to be there playing bass. And, you know, the, the story for this entire all-in event has really been told through being the elite. And Papa Buck has helped make the soundtrack for that. So a lot of fans maybe are in for a big surprise with the Papa Buck Jam Session. And then something super silly and fun to end the day, stand-up comedy from Cassio Kidd and Ron Funches, who's got a huge Comedy Central special coming out. Uh, and then, of course, Botchamania Man with Tony Schiavone. This is going to be fun. Uh, and then Friday, we're off to the races again. Breakfast will bust it open, uh, a women's panel with Medusa, and we've got tons of stars there. 
including the founder of Glow, a video game tournament, which we haven't been talking about a lot, but we are going to be raising some money for charity. We're going to have celebrity gamers. We've even got a championship belt made, made by Mr. Dave Milliken. That's incredible. Uh, the four-star summit is something that a lot of people are looking forward to, and you'll even be able to see that on Twitch as well. It's the first time ever that the Observer and the Torch are coming together. Uh, what Happened When Monday, of course, is a huge show for Tony Schiavone, and it's the first time we've had guests, so we're looking forward to that. We can't tell you who the guests are, but it's going to be good stuff. Uh, WrestleCraft is something that I can't believe we've been able to put together with R.D. Reynolds. We've got lots of old props, including, and I can't believe this is real, the original Katie Vick outfit, the original Oz robe, unbelievably, the gobbledygooker, uh, the Dungeon of Doom, so many of these great sort of fun, lighter side of wrestling moments will be featured there. We've just announced the world premiere screening as being the dark side of the ring, which is going to be a new Viceland series that you're going to see later this fall. But we're debuting episode one, narrated by Mick Foley. It's the story of Bruiser Brody. It's outstanding. Bruce and I had a chance to take a peek at that. Uh, and then we'll keep going, man. The War Games retrospective. We're going to have the Laps fan, the all-in weigh-ins in the press conference. You know, that is going to be the highlight event on Friday for me. Uh, but if you're, for whatever reason, not watching All In, and I can't imagine why you wouldn't be, we've got Macaulay Culkin in the other room doing some trivia. Uh, and then the roast of Bruce Pritchard. This is the main event for a lot of podcast listeners for sure. And uh, we've got tons of surprises for Bruce. I'm sure he's got his own comments there. And we keep the silliness going, man. The Raven Effect, Strangle Mania, Spend My Days Karaoke, and then two more days of nonstop action. As you can tell, it is just a loaded schedule, something for everybody. And it's one low price, man, 99 bucks. You can pre-order right now. And there's still time, if you go ahead and pre-order before the 27th, to be entered into the ultimate giveaway where you get Airfare Chicago, front row tickets to All In. And it's just uh, the ultimate wrestling experience, to say the least. I'm excited about it. All right. Thank you, Conrad. With that, um, we'll open it up to some questions. One that came through via chat is of all of the events uh, planned for StarCast, which uh, has been the most difficult to pull off. Without question, uh, primetime wrestling with Sean Mooney, that's really the host of the show. The star of the show is Jim Johnston, and we're calling it Behind the Themes. And we're so excited about this because ever since, you know, I was a little kid, I have grown up on these themes that he created, whether it was the ultimate warrior or the big boss man or Jake, the snake Robert. So there's just so many iconic themes that we all grew up on. And most of those were created by Jim Johnston. And he's going to be here for the first time. He's making a public appearance like this. He's never done anything like this before. It took almost six months of me sort of banging him and prodding him to get him to agree to do it. And the idea that he's going to sort of reveal the method to his madness for everyone is, is just going to be insane. You know, we've got musical instruments there for him. We'll have some video. Uh, there's going to be a Q&A. That, to me, the behind the themes of Jim Johnson is a once-in-a-lifetime event. And I can't wait. Let me go to a question from a 314 caller. Uh, caller, go ahead with your question with, for Conrad. On Saturday and Sunday, the podcast roll events actually happen. What time will the doors open for the public? Uh, the doors are going to be open, you know, all weekend, obviously, because it is just a traditional higher regency hotel. But I imagine that a lot of the podcast row folks are going to be set up during our normal convention hours. And we've got those convention hours published, but nearly every day it's 10 a.m. 
so, you know, busted open is going to be there on Friday. I imagine a lot of those guys will get in there and start getting set up a little earlier, maybe at 9 a.m. or so. But when you, you talk about Saturday and Sunday, they're going to be in there by 10 a.m. Thank you, Conrad. And a reminder to those on the line, if you have a question, uh, star six, um, not only for Conrad, who is uh, generous enough to hang around after this call, if, uh, if there are any other questions for him, um, but we are going to try to keep this, this call moving uh, in the sake of everyone's time. So with that, um, I am going to turn, uh, turn the call over to founder of Global Force Entertainment, WWE Hall of Famer, Mr. Jeff Jarrett. Let me, Jeff, are you there? I'm here, Derek. I appreciate you having me on and appreciate everybody being here. Can you hear me? We can hear you, Jeff. Okay, man. Well, uh, boy, I got the inevitable task to uh, follow Conrad. And just sitting here listening to everything and the Jim Johnston, I didn't realize that was the most difficult one. Uh, I might have been the easiest one to to, uh, secure in Conrad. He called me and and uh, he, he threw some things out there. The, the karaoke is going to be a lot of fun with Bruce. Obviously, with my baby tonight is sort of taking on a life into itself. Thanks to Bruce and Conrad. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but then, you know, maybe more on the serious side, the uh, TNA panel. And, you know, me and Conrad, it's, it's no secret now that we've had multiple discussions about me doing a podcast and that kind of stuff. And he said, okay, I, I hadn't talked you into doing a podcast. Will you do a TNA panel? And uh, I said, yeah, sure. You tell me a little bit about uh, more about w- what you're thinking. I'm 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 a podcast listener, but I'm not a podcast broadcaster, obviously. And so, you know, he just said, "Hey, the the story's unique. You've obviously got a uh, truly unique perspective. Tell your story." Uh, and I said, "Okay." So now let's talk about the panel. Um, and when he got in, we got into those discussions. You know, I had a couple of guys that, that were no brainers. The first and foremost, uh, this is a fans convention. Uh, and, and everybody knows, you know, the insane deals that Don West has put out and that kind of stuff. And, 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 but it, you know, at the core of Don West, and that's why from day one, we brought him on board is he has a real fan's perspective. And so, uh, I've asked him to join me and he's excited and, you know, he wants to talk about the X division and the asylum days and the, the, you know, the Joe and AJ matches and, and just all the talent that came through and going from, you know, from the asylum to Spike and everything that went with that. So Don, Don has uh, agreed to come on board and be a part of the panel. And then I told Conrad, I said, man, I, I'd like to have some rotating guests. And as me and Conrad, obviously he brought me on board long before fight was ever thought about. And that's a whole nother story that I'm super excited to, to play a small role in bringing fight uh, to, to the table so everybody can basically archive it. But he said, hey, Jeff, he said, you know, you're going to get a chance to tell your story. Uh, but one thing, uh, you know, you, you've been, quote, unquote, one of the boys uh, throughout your career. But at TNA, you know, you, you couldn't play that role. Uh, so let, let's let's uh, say so he sort of prided me and, and had some off-color comments, I'll say, about, look, I want the real story. Uh, Conrad put it on his producer's hat. And I said, OK, all right, Conrad, you want to hear the, the, the uh, you want to hear the, the, the TNA story, so to speak, from all angles. Uh, I'm going to give it to you. So I called up and old friend of mine. Uh, we go back literally, uh, 1987. I've been friends with this guy. He's been one of my best friends throughout my entire career. So, uh, big Papa pump will be on the panel, uh, for TNA. So it's me, uh, big Papa, Don West and, and rotating guests from X division to knockout to 
you name it. So I'm excited, and uh, yeah, I'll shut up now and take some questions. But uh, Conrad, I just got to say this: you telling the story about Jim Johnston fired me up. I I I, I get to because uh, I grew up the same way, hearing those iconic themes. So I am looking forward to it. So floor's your. With that, uh, star six, again, if you want to um, ask Jeff a question, uh, we have a question come th- came through the chat, Jeff. Um, why, why did you think Fight TV was a perfect platform for StarCast? Technology. I have, uh, it, it's no secret, Wrestle Kingdom 9, um, uh, they approached me uh, when, after New Japan approached us uh, to carry the, to, to produce the pay-per-view uh, in North America, and we got Jim Ross on board, and, and that story's been well documented. But I was amazed. At, I'm not a tech guy by any stretch, but just their technology. And when I heard all about it, and Conrad invited me and wants me to be a part of it as a talent, I just said, this is ready-made because Conrad's already said it. There's no way you can, you know, if you're there, that you, you know, they really just started with those thoughts. And then, you know, there's the, the, the fan base is in Australia and the United Kingdom. And, you know, it's Labor Day weekend. I, I know that if I wasn't going to this, you got family activities. So uh, you can archive it, uh, the on-demand portion of it, the, 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 the quality of the stream, no buffering, everything that goes with it. It, it truly is, is a real, real match made in heaven. Great. We uh, also have a question here from a 954 number. Uh, 954, go ahead and ask your question to Jeff Jarrett. Hey, Jeff, Jim Barcelona, Miami Herald, how are you? Good morning, Jim, how are you? Hey, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for taking the time. Listen, all in, incredible how it sold out like that. This event, StarCast, there's so many unique things. Does it remind you of anything in the old days, what's going on with all in and StarCast? Well, it's funny, I've done several interviews lately, but... uh... You know, this is much bigger, much more widespread. The technology, you know, but but Super Clash Three in in, in the late '80s had AWA, uh, WCCW, the Texas Group of Von Erichs, and and USWA, my family, uh, my family's promotion. So they came together. But this is so much bigger. I mean, it is. You know, it, it is. Uh, it, it, this weekend or next weekend coming up, Labor Day weekend. It's four days. That is a uh, my accountant uh, guy in the accounting province, huge wrestling fan. He's a huge wrestling fan, and he's like, I, I, this is bigger in his eyes, much, much bigger than a WrestleMania weekend because all the different talent that are on the card, all the podcasts, and he said, and he's been a wrestling fan for five uh, decades, so that's 50 years. So we have something for everyone who's been a wrestling fan for 50 years. That takes in a big demo. Uh, so, yeah, it does remind me, Jim, but, but the event, that Conrad has put together and he can no longer uh, play that uh, charade that he, he's not a promoter. I'm just the mortgage guy. That's a bunch of baloney now. Cause he's put on an event that, that is history making uh, without question. And I say that boldly and proudly. It, it truly is. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, we have one more uh, question here from the chat. Besides the events that you are doing, this the karaoke and the total nonstop, Jarrett, are there any events at StarCast that you are most looking forward to? Yeah, but it, very, very easily. Uh, the Monday Night Wars debate, uh, because I, I lived it, uh, and I got to work for both organizations. Obviously, I worked for Eric, uh, and I worked alongside uh, for a, a unique relationship with Bruce because Bruce was there, and it's documented from literally day one of the Double J vignettes. 
So I, I'm 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 a fan, and I'm going to be having my we'll call it my executive producer cap on all weekend. So I can't wait to stick my head in on. I mean, Conan, uh, we work close together. I, I want to watch his show, Xbox. Uh, we've been lifelong friends. I've got a, a connection. When I looked at the schedule, uh, and I'm saying, now, how am I going to get to to really be, uh, it, you know, uh, to, to tap in? And I, I, I know one thing. I've got to keep my game face on because I will want to sit there as a fan and listen, and I'm going to be working uh, quite a bit of the time. So, uh, But the Monday night debate and the roast of Bruce Pritchard, for obviously different reasons, those two things I've got my own uh, quite a bit. Thank you. One more question here for you, Jeff, coming through the chat. Um, what talent out there now in the indie scene has your attention? Oh, wow. I don't like to play armchair quarterback, and, and I don't like to name names because if you name one, it puts undue uh, uh, you know, focus on the, the Jeff and the talent relationship. I'll say this, and I have, I have said this, and it, it's been coming for multiple years. The independent or, 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 or the talent pool is as deep as it's ever been. And, and, I, and I truly say that, and I think uh, one of the results of it is StarCast, I mean, all in, sold out in a matter of minutes. If that isn't proof, I mean, I'm going this uh, Saturday to Triple Mania. Uh, 22,000 people in Mexico are going to be watching that. Uh, World of Sport is on in, in, in the United Kingdom on a major broadcaster. Uh, New Japan, obviously, continues to do very, very well. Uh, the business is very, very successful uh, outside of the WWE, and it goes without saying, with the new Fox deal and the re-up of NBC, WWE, and NXT, and everything that goes with it. The business is very, very healthy. And that actually leads us to our next question here, one more for you. Uh, when you were uh, promoting and your family was promoting, did you ever see this sort of boom in the independent uh, promotions. Well, uh, and I'll date myself in, in the in, you know in the territory days in the north of, in North America there were 22 regional promotions and and from about 78 79 till about 85 uh, there were sellouts uh, all over the country all over North America so that was a different era now as you got into the Monday Night Wars uh, you know highly highly competitive highly highly successful. Uh, and, you know, during the 90s, Japan was successful. Germany had their success. Uh, so, so it's a different era. But then we went, you know, in the 2000s, when Vince bought his competition, you know, uh, the old little engine that could, TNA, started. But it was a whole growing process. Same with Ring of Honor. And so, you know, now we're, you know, well into, gosh, 15, 16, 17, 18 years of, of, of Vince buying his competition. But all the other brands have had the chance to explode. And then with technology, you know, the people in America are well aware of who uh, and what AAA is about and what New Japan's about and what world of sport is coming of age. So uh, just a different era. Great. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, appreciate your time. Uh, again, callers, uh, if you want to ask a question, star six. Uh, with that, Jeff, we are going to move along again. Thank you for your time. Um, Thanks, Derek. Thanks, Conrad. No problem. We are going to move the call along to uh, the star of 83 Weeks, uh, the popular podcast with Conrad Thompson. Uh, the star of that is obviously Eric Bischoff. Eric, are you there? I am here. Good morning, everybody, or afternoon, as the case may be. Coming to you from Tampa, Florida. 
Thank you for uh, for taking the time calling in from beautiful Tampa. Um, just to open things up, Eric, uh, what can fans expect from the Monday Night Wars debate with Bruce Pritchard at StarCast? Well, I mean, first of all, it's, it's taking place Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central on Fight TV, and I hope, you know, everybody that's there live obviously enjoys it. And, and those of you who are watching along on Fight, um, settle in with a cold one and uh, kick back and, and, and listen to the, the Monday Night Wars. Um, what can they expect? You know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, Bruce and I have been friends really since almost the day I walked onto a WWE set. Uh, back in 2002 or whenever it was. And our relationship is, you know, we've gotten closer as time has gone on. And, you know, I consider Bruce, you know, uh, uh, probably one of my best friends. And, and I don't have that many. <laughs> you, can, you can count my friends on one hand and, and have fingers left over to do stuff with. Um, but that being said, um, you know, I take my my career seriously um, I, I, you know, the Monday Night War was an important part of my life, and I have a different perspective on it than Bruce does, which is obvious. It should be. But as close as Bruce and I are, um, the gloves will come off. I, you know, I've never been known to pull punches, um, and I'm certainly not going to during the Monday Night Wars. And Bruce and I are friends, and hopefully we'll be friends when it's over. I think we will. Uh, we're both kind of wired the same way. I expect him to come at me um, with the gloves off as well. But I think it will it will be done with the intention of being honest about our respective opinions, probably being well dug in and entrenched in those opinions. And what I think will happen, or what I hope will happen, I should say, is that the audience will be able to decide for themselves the perspective that they believe in the most or they feel the most comfortable with, because it's inevitable when you have two people who are on opposite sides of, of, uh, of a war, you know, they each are going to have their own perspective and they'll believe in their perspective a hundred percent. I know Bruce will, and I know I will, but the viewer or the fan <clears throat> will be able to sit back and listen to both sides of the story and decide for themselves, you know, what really happened in the Monday night war. Great. Thank you, Eric. I have a question here from a Jeffrey Berga. Hang tight. Jeffrey, are you there? Hey, Eric. First of all, uh, this is Jeff from the High Spot Podcast, and I just wanted to say congratulations on 83 weeks, first and foremost. Um, what do you think, even to this day, because you answer tons of questions about the Monday Night Wars and WCW, what do you still, is the, still the biggest miscon- misconception to, to, to date that people have of, of WCW that you always seem to be like, oh, no, not again, I have to answer this again. What do you think is the biggest misconception still today? I think the prevailing <clears throat> line of BS that's still out there because it's been pounded down everybody's uh, throats for so long now. First, it, it, with, you know, the WWE started it with the billionaire Ted skits, and of course, the urban narrative that um, really grew out of that was that the only reason that WCW or Nitro was able to succeed is because we, you know, outspent the WWF and bought all of their talent. First of all. The talent that we acquired from WWF, I didn't go to them. I didn't steal anybody's talent. They came to me. I didn't go to them. There's a big difference. 
And Vince obviously wanted to convince, you know, people, you know, try to paint himself as the underdog and big bad billionaire Ted was beating up on poor little Vince McMahon. By the way, the guy that put the territories that Jeff Jarrett was just talking about moments ago, completely out of business by literally raiding their talent pool and stealing their talent. But when when the shoe was on the other foot, of course, he, he Vince wanted to paint this picture that the only reason that WCW was being successful is because Big Bad Billionaire Ted was you know writing checks hand over fist. That wasn't true. Number one, our talent. If you if you looked at the total amount of our talent expenditure versus our gross revenues, was well under thirty percent, and that's probably a number that is consistent with where the WWE was then and where it probably is now. Obviously, I don't have you know the internal numbers there, but the, the 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 basis of the BS that's still out there that I still have to deal with on a regular basis was you know wow the only reason that you you, know, you were successful is because you outspent the WWF. That's not true. We we were more creative. We were more aggressive. We were smarter. We realized that the audience had changed and that they were ready for more change. And the WWF was deeply entrenched in their kind of kitty cartoony wrestling model that had worked for them for so long. But back in the, by the time the mid nineties rolled around was, was dying. And I dare say, had we not changed the paradigm and disrupted the business to the extent we did, we might not be watching WWE right now. Thank you for that question. Eric, we have another question here through the chat. It has to do with, and I'm going to paraphrase the question. Um, what have you seen that Cody and the Young Bucks have been able to do to really capture the imagination of wrestling fans? You know, I, there are just not enough words, or if there are, I don't have them at my disposal to really put those guys over to the extent that I feel they should be. You know, first of all, having the guts and the confidence in yourself to put your own money up. And not only, it's not only the money, but when you go out there and you book something as big as all in and you stick your neck out like that. So publicly, um, knowing that there's a good chance it may not work, but you do it anyway, because you believe in yourself and you believe in your product. I just have so much admiration for those three guys. I can't really articulate it as well as I wish I could. Number one, number two, I think more germane to your question, you know, they, they have captured what they've made wrestling cool again. You know, as long as I've been in the business, both, you know, starting in AWA and you know, early in WCW while I was in WCW and everywhere I've been afterwards, you know, the one, the one thing everybody laments is, well, how do we make wrestling cool again? And nobody really knows what that means. It's a big, broad, general kind of question. But I think what Cody and the Bucks and others have done on the independent scene, much in support of much of what Jeff Jarrett has said, uh, they've made wrestling cool again. It's different than the WWE. I love the WWE product. Hats off to them. They're a huge company. They've got a massive global footprint. It's incredible what they've done. However, their content, to me, has a sameness to it. It's like it's been through the, the, the product by the time we see it on TV or we read about it or we hear it or we see a WWE superstar. You know that they've been processed through that WWE filter. And it's a successful one. I'm not knocking it. But what Cody and the Bucks have done has they've created their own filter. 
they've created a pro- they've created a product that is different than the WWE. Therefore, cooler in many respects, and I think that's why they're having success. The audience loves WWE, but they also love something different. And Cody and the Bucks have tapped into different in a very cool, brilliant way. Thank you, Eric. We have one more question from the the chat. do you watch Being the Elite, the Young Bucks YouTube series? And if so, from a production standpoint, how would you rate it? I can't comment because I, I haven't seen it. I will be looking at it, though. I'm here in Tampa for a few days on business, so I'll be kind of locked out of my hotel room with not a lot else to do in the evening, and I'll definitely be tapping into it because I'm anxious to see what, what everybody's doing leading into this event. Another question coming in. Uh, Will you be running into Dave uh, Meltzer at the conference at Stark? I don't know. I left. You know, I was thinking about that this morning, and I realized that I forgot my crystal ball, so I can't. I don't have any way of looking into my crystal ball and you know determining who I'm going to be running into. If I do, I do. If I don't, I don't. I really don't care. And we have one more question here. Besides the events uh, that you will be taking, that you will be partaking in at StarCast, are there any other events that you are looking forward to or uh, pique your interest? You know, they're all great. You know, I was listening to Conrad in the beginning of this conference call, and I'm thinking, my God, you know, is four days enough? I mean, there's so much going on. And I'll be honest, I'm not looking forward to any one thing. I'm kind of looking forward to stepping back and just seeing the energy for the entire four days. I want to see how this uh, event sustains itself over four days. And just kind of, I hate to sound too weird, but just dig the energy, you know, and and really watch the excitement of because there's so much going on. There's something for everybody. You know, I've, I've often described a good, you know, wrestling show, you know, whether it's Nitro or Raw or whatever, uh, or anything else, as kind of a buffet. You know, you have a little bit of something for everybody. That, to me, you know, represents a good wrestling show. And I think with All In and, and StarCast, what you have is so much of a lot of great stuff. It's kind of like the best wrestling buffet on the planet. And I'm looking forward just to going there and, and sitting there and just watching people have fun. I, I get a big kick out of that. Great. And actually, we have one more that came through here. Um, of all the social media platforms and ways to communicate with fans, what, why have you stuck with Twitch? And what is it about Twitch that you like best to communicate with fans? Well, I, you know, I'm on two platforms. I'm on patreon.com forward slash 83 weeks. And I also spend a lot of time on twitch.com uh, forward slash 83 weeks or sorry, twitch.tv forward slash 83 weeks. Um, and I like them both for different reasons. I, I tend to enjoy Patreon because I feel like I have a little bit more um, of an intimate relationship with my fans on, on Patreon, meaning, you know, it doesn't, it, it's not so crowded um, that, for example, when I'm doing a live stream and I'm doing a Q&A on Twitch, I sometimes get, you know, hundreds of, of questions and comments over the course of a couple minutes. And, so, you know, they come up on the screen so fast, it's hard to keep up with them. And it's hard to read them sometimes, you know, quick enough and do a great job answering them. Sometimes I feel a little overwhelmed, but it's still a lot of fun. 
you know, I, I'm in control of that. I can slow it down. I can, you know, focus on the, the questions that I really want to answer and do a good job answering. And I do that sometimes, but there's just so much volume sometimes that it's hard to keep up with. Whereas on Patreon, I can really take my time and get a little more granular uh, when it's necessary or appropriate. And also let the fans, you know, ask more than one question at a time. So um, I like them both, and I like them both for different reasons. I think Twitch, you know, has a lot of ways for, you know, fans or, or subscribers on Twitch to interact, interact, you know, with bits and cheers and, and, and other different ways to interact with the show. So Twitch does provide something very, very unique in its platform. But like I said, they both have their advantages. Great. Eric, thank you so much for your time. Um, with that, we are going to be moving on uh, on the call and introduce, uh, he's a star of Something to Wrestle With, Bruce Pritchard. Um, he is Bruce Pritchard. Let me check in. Bruce, are you there? Bruce is here. How are you doing, man? Thanks, everybody, for uh, joining us this morning. Still morning for me. Still morning. <laughs> thank you for thank you for joining us. Um just overall, just to kick off, what are you looking forward to uh, most at StarCast? Well, I don't know if it's necessarily looking forward to it as much as it is dreading the roast of Bruce Pritchard because I'm not sure exactly what it is I've gotten myself into uh, hearing all these different people that just want to castrate me on stage. So I, I thought when Conrad first said something to me about a roast, I thought we were going to go out and have a steak somewhere. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to and dreading that probably the most out of everything. Great. Thank you, Bruce. We, uh, we will open it to questions again, star six. Uh, if you have a question for Bruce, if you want to ask, hey, Derek, I, I would like to comment. I would like to comment. Uh, Eric Bischoff got a chance. I'd like to comment on some things that Eric Bischoff talked about for the, the Monday night wars where we're going to have our debate going back and forth. And one thing I'd like to say is I think people will be shocked at how much Eric and I probably really agree on. And if, if we're being honest, which we will be honest, it will be more the two sides of why we did what we did, why they did what they did. But it is also interesting when Eric Bischoff talks about narrative. I think what bothers Eric the most is that he wants his narrative out there the most. At the end of the day, WWE won the Monday Night Wars, and that's what we're going to be talking about. And Eric is one of my best friends. I share the same sentiment, and we'll go after it, and we'll be friends afterwards. But it will be honest, no holds barred, gloves are coming off, and it's, it's again, his narrative, his viewpoint, and my viewpoint from two completely different perspectives. Thank you for that for that follow up. Uh, we have a question about the roast of Bruce Pritchard happening Friday night uh, from eight to ten. Uh, the question is, how much going in do you know of who's going to be roasting you, or how the format's going to go, or are you just going in blind? I'm going in blind, and I am. Uh... Whew. We'll, we'll just, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it to see what what the hell is going to go on. So it, it'll be interesting to say the least. 
I have a, another question in the chat, um, similar to one for Eric. Uh, how do you, when you, I'm, I'm trying to paraphrase, so forgive me. Um, when you were in the Houston territory days, did you ever envision the independent scene being what it is today? Well, you know, similar to what Jeff Jarrett said, I came up in, in the business when there were so many territories all over the country that if there was a quote independent, we call them outlaws because they were running opposite a already traditional promotion in the market. However, when you look at the business today, it is, I've said this so many times, the, my biggest pet peeve is when people say, oh, I'm so glad that I hope this company goes out of business or I'm so glad that guy got fired or this, this happened in a negative way. That is my biggest pet peeve kind of gets under my skin because without the independence and without places for talent to go and for talent to actually be able to apply their trade, man, folks have families and I don't want any company to go out of business. I want talent to have as many opportunities as they can to go out and show what they could do and be able to earn a living. And that to me is the beauty of all in. It's the beauty of the independent wrestling scene. You have groups like MLW, you have groups like ROH that continue to provide opportunity for guys to go out and wrestle and do what it is they do. Entertain me. Great. We have a question from a 954 area code. Uh, please ask your question for, uh, for Bruce Pritchard. Yeah, thank you, Bruce. It's Jim Barcelona with Miami Herald. Uh, just curious, your thoughts with All In, and I know we haven't had any of the events yet, StarCast or All In, but All In sold out very quickly. What are your thoughts of what this means for the future of the business and what's going to happen with maybe some more of these type of events? Well, I think it, it, it's, it's a statement that says that the business is healthy. It's also a statement that says that the fan, the audience out there wants more and they're willing to pay for it, and they are hungry for more. So as long as there's an appetite for it, then, man, I'm happy and proud. I think that it's a hell of a statement for the business as far as how healthy the business is right now when people have said so many times, it's going to die, it's going to die. No, it's not. It's going to prosper, and it's going to continue to grow and be healthy. Thank you, Bruce. Another question um, coming in from the chat. Com compare the locker rooms and just the attitude of the boys in the back from the time you left WWE and TNA to what you see now in MLW and just being back around the business. Well, I think that the, you know, the, the most fair comparison, and I haven't been around the WWE locker room a lot, but I have a few times in the last year, and I would have to say this, it's quiet. Um, I think it's a much more business attitude versus the more rambunctious and fun-loving, kind of loud attitude of, of the way that we were back in the day. So the talent has changed, and I think that they have become much more businesslike in their approach to the business itself. So quiet is the one word that I would always use to kind of describe the difference between then and now. 
We have another question from the chat. Uh, on a recent podcast, you had high praise for the Velveteen Dream and EC3 in NXT. Who in the independent scene or the MLW locker room that you're closer to uh, do you see as becoming potential next stars? Filthy Tom Lawler, all the way. I think that he has the right attitude, plus he has the talent to be able to pull it off. Uh, probably going to get a lot of heat with everybody there. Don't care. I think that Tom Lawler is uh, one of those diamonds in the rough that is going to come out and shine brightly, and he's going to be a, a star of the future. Great. We have a StarCast-related question. Uh, you're going to be doing a karaoke session with Jeff Jarrett. What is Bruce Pritchard's go-to karaoke song? Spend my days working hard on the go. Um, I'm fighting a little, a little cold here, so I can't. I, I promise I will have my singing voice with me. But uh, anything country uh, or ACDC, by God, we'll we'll be doing a lot of that. And since I'll be with Jeff Jarrett, I, I would imagine we're going to be doing a lot of Willie and and Waylon and things of that nature. I have one more here from the chat. Um, Ten years ago, if somebody would have told you that Cody was going to sell out a uh, main event and sell out a 10,000-seat arena, would you have believed them? Yeah, because ten years ago, I thought Cody would be selling out stadiums. So uh, he's done the 10,000-seat arenas. He'll be doing stadiums. He's a hell of an athlete and a hell of a talent. Um I read something the other day that made me laugh that talked about second generation stars that lack the charisma of, or it's charisma skips the generation. And in the Runnels family, I don't think that happened. And I had to laugh because they mentioned both gold dust and Cody. And I can't think of two guys that have stepped out, made a name for themselves more than gold dust and, and Cody. So, uh, proud of them and happy for them. And like I said, this is just the first step. The next one is stadiums and taking it from there. So he's got the talent. He has, he has the charisma. He has it. And, um, the world's his oyster. Well, Bruce, thank you for your time. We're going to use that to actually segue, uh, into our, our next, uh, panelist here. He will be, uh, he will be wrestling, uh, in the main event of all in on Saturday night, September 1st, uh, seven o'clock Eastern on fight TV, paper, pay-per-view outlets and ROH honor club, uh, with also the all in zero hour on WGN America starting at, uh, 6 PM Eastern time. Um, Cody, let me bring you in. Cody, are you there? I am here, and uh, wow, what high praise from Bruce Pritchard, a man who has seen it all, and uh, you know, no uh, no frills about it, no no lies there. The truth doesn't need weight. That was a uh, special to hear, and the reason I heard it is because Conrad Thompson, who organized this phone call, assumed that I was going to be late and gave me a fake time to get on this call. And let me tell you, I have heard every bit of this call, so I know everything there is to know about StarCast, All In, All In StarCast. I know it all. I'm ready. I, I have never been more ready in my life. 
So with that, we'll go ahead and just uh, open up the questions. We have uh, obviously a lot of people wanting to um, wanting to ask you questions. I'll start first here in the chat. Uh, Cody, when you planned All In, did you have any idea that that StarCast would be this four day, what is being called the Woodstock of wrestling? You know, I uh, I, I I like to think I have a really good judge of a character, and um, some people you don't even need to meet. And uh, Conrad and I were messaging back and forth. I mean, just text messaging. We hadn't even talked on the phone. We hadn't been in person about the event. And I just had a good feeling. Um, So I don't know if I could ever envision what it became in terms of the amount of stuff that's being offered. I mean, there's a tattoo booth at StarCast. It's, It's a wild situation. But I had a good feeling about Conrad and um, his ability to, to, to shoot for the moon because that's what we were doing here. Um, and I think we might have landed on it. So, yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm glad it turned into what it is. It's uh, He's a fan, first and foremost, and he's doing a fan convention. So, you know, his goal is to make, make the fans happy. And uh, I, I think StarCast is going to be something that people walk away from wanting to know when the next one is, you know? Great. Let me open up the phone line here to Jeffrey Berga. Jeffrey, are you there? Yes, yes. Hey, Cody, how you doing? Uh, this is Jeff from High Spot Podcast. Uh, thank you for your time. Um, what I wanted to ask you is, what do you think you've picked up uh, in your career as far as accessibility of the wrestlers towards the uh, the audience, the fans? What have you learned the most that you're using for uh, All In and for uh, StarCast? Well, I mean, the... the approach and the attitude of um, a booker, promoter, performer, competitor, however you want to put it towards the audience is still a little bit um, gripped in the, the, you know, concrete of old a little bit. There was this whole thought process of we know what they want more than they know what they want. And to some extent, it's still your narrative and it's still yours to put out there for them to enjoy and you hope you judge their sensibilities correctly. But what I've learned, especially since I paired up and hooked myself up to the bullet club, which has been so beneficial to me, what I've learned is that you cannot force anything, anything on the fans. This is the era of, uh, of absolute gag reflex. They will push it back. They do not, that they're not interested in things being forced on them. And that, that makes this playing field a lot more even for different wrestlers, managers, different promotions, everything, because everybody gets to go out there, play their music. And, and maybe it's not the reaction folks intended, but it, it gives you the opportunity. It's, it's just, it's a whole different ball game. Um, and it's made me much more open-minded. I'd love to go into everything with the skill set that I got from dusty roads, as far as a, 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 you know, a, a booking standpoint, even though this is the first time I've ever done it, but I know that's how important Matt and Nick are to me. They got a whole different mindset and we butt heads. We've had arguments. Uh, we've had heated discussions about this single show, but they're all valuable. They're all valuable to, to pretty much, I don't know who said it on this call. might've been Eric Bischoff. Who's a genius himself. We're trying to give you a buffet where everybody finds something that they like. 
Thank you, Cody. We'll go to a 954 number. 954 number, you have a question for Cody? Yeah, thank you, Cody. It's Jim Barcelona at Miami Herald. Just curious, what made you all decide this time of year to do the event? Were you thinking of any other times? And also now, I know you haven't had the event yet, but just selling out like it did and StarCast coming up, what does the future hold for All In and doing another one in the future? Well, when it came to the planning of the time of this event, it's actually funny. We were in um, the Osaka Regional Airport in Japan, and we were headed back to Haneda, the main airport, to go back to the United States. We were with the Assistant Talent Relations uh, VP or whatever his title is uh, at New Japan Pro Wrestling, and we were talking about would we be able to have this guy for this date? Because if we did this, if we did this, could we get this guy? Uh, what do you think? And we literally threw down multiple calendars on the floor. And this is us all in the airport staring at a Ring of Honor calendar, staring at a New Japan Pro Wrestling calendar, st- uh, staring at a very inaccurate Impact calendar. I mean, every even a CMLL calendar, every calendar we could come up with because we had access to them. And it just happened to be this, this one Saturday, um, and Chicago seemed like a place that everybody could get to easily because of being, you know, one of the more accessible places in the U S airport wise. And also, you know, regionally, you know, so it just, it worked out. We, we, once we, once we hit that, it stuck. We couldn't move from that. There's a lot of moving parts with the other companies. Um, as far as what's next, uh, I really wish I could answer it's, it, a lot has happened in the last few weeks. A lot of discussions about the future. Um, one thing that's special to, about this, and I have to be rather cagey in answering, one thing that's special about this group is we have um, verbally committed to each other. And I don't know if that's ever been done in the history of wrestling, uh, where I verbally committed to the Bucks, the Bucks, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page. There's this verbal commitment that the next step we take, because it's no secret, our our contracts are all up. What happens next? The next step we take, we're going to take together and we're going to take it as a family. So it could be the dumbest move ever. You know, wrestling is kind of shady business, or it could be uh, what my gut tells me, the right call. Thank you for that question. We will open it up to 903 number. Uh, 903, go ahead with your question. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, Michael Reed with the Divas Drops and Dives podcast. Uh, Cody, I had the pleasure of meeting you before an ROH show in Dallas, and we briefly discussed All In and StarCast. And you kept making the statements, if we're successful, if we pull this off, and if this succeeds. Uh, my question to you is, what's it going to take for you, despite selling out in 30 minutes, despite you know all the hype and excitement around StarCast, what's it going to take for you to look back on this and say, we were successful or a uh, mission accomplished. Well, I mean, history has been made already. I've been, I've been kind of the more pessimistic one of the group about what this does for wrestling and the wrestling economy. But history has been made already because it's going on free TV, WG in America. And it's not a promotion. It's three guys and a bunch of their friends and a bunch of friendly promotions. Um, and history has been made with the fact that we sold this of this building out with our own money and, you know, something like that hasn't happened. I don't know. I I think since perhaps 2001, I don't know for sure, but 
what it takes for it to be more than just one raucous, fun, wild night in Chicago, or in this case, weekend because of StarCast and all its offerings, is it just has to matter. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense, but it you have to you have to be able to feel something. You know, it's just like when you go see a good movie. You know, there's so much nonsense in our world today. You can't turn on the television. Um, you can't step outside with with controversy, with politics. Um, it just it, it's a very it, it can be a very downtrodden place. <laughs> You know, and and wrestling is that thing that always gives you a payoff. That always makes you feel good. That's why I've always trumped it over mixed martial arts because your hero is going to be your hero. He's not going to let you down. And and it's it's that type of spirit going into all in. I, I just want people to have that that five hours and hell have that whole weekend from Thursday through Sunday with Starcast. Have that whole time to just be around wrestling fans. WWE is outstanding at what they do, but they do not own pro wrestling. Nobody owns pro wrestling. And this is a great, great, great chance for anybody who's unsure about what it looks like out there. What does New Japan look like beyond GIFs on Twitter? What is ROH like? What is Cody really doing that we keep hearing about? What is it? This is your chance. Thank you, Cody. We have a question from a 937 number. 937, go ahead with your question. Hi, this is Austin Sumwitz here for Pinned to Pro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, first off, congratulations, Cody, to you and the Bucks for all your success that's going into this event. And obviously, you seem like a very big uh, family man from everything that you've shown in the ring and outside the ring with you going after the NWA championship, that historic championship that your father, Dusty, held for so many years. Um, but not only that, you're obviously brothers with WWE superstar Gold Dustin. Um, and I was curious to know if he had contacted you in any way to wish you luck for this event or to congratulate you on the success that you've had. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, Dustin and I have been in more contact than we ever were. Um, Dustin and I are, are 16 years apart and, because of that age difference, I didn't grow up around him. I didn't really have like a big brother growing up. But when I had the chance to do, you know, the uh, the tag, the brotherhood tag that then would be, you know, morph into Stardust and Gold Dust, that was the most time we ever got together. And that was the time to learn about each other as people and performers. And Dustin's one of those guys that I don't have to call every day. He doesn't have to call me every day. That's you know, that's in our, our blood, um, the love we have for each other. And it's also really competitive between him and I. And, and, and I'm surprised that people are surprised by that because think about it. Look at what Dusty Rhodes did. He's on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling. And if you don't think he is, you're a dumbass. I mean, look at, look at what Dusty Rhodes really did from performer to producer. Look at what he continues to do beyond the grave with guys that he touched at NXT, that leaves a hell, a hell of an uphill battle for his children. They always talk about his two NXT kids. Well, he had two real kids too, four actually, but two in the business. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an uphill battle. Um, and it's a positive thing. You know, I think if I told my dad, you know, I'm speculating, Hey, I, uh, I want to be better than you ever were. I don't think he'd be offended in the slightest. 
same with Dustin, and we share that bond together. So Dustin's been real nice and uh, real positive, and I know he'll he'll want to be part of the event. Um, but we'll we'll see each other down the road for sure. Thank you, Cody. We have a question here from a unavailable number. Uh, caller, are you there? Uh, yes, I am. Thank you, Cody, for taking this call. My name is Brian from HighSpotPodcast.com. Uh, Cody, what I wanted to ask you was, you kind of uh, spoke about this before in the earlier questions, but, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Obviously, when this event's over, you'll be thinking about, you know, you know, all the things you did good and all the things that probably could have gone well. But uh, in your opinion, for you, uh, at what moment, was there a particular moment that you noticed that, you know, this is the right time to do this event? This is the right moment now to be able to do an event like All In? That's a great question. And I, I try to hang on to this answer because I feel like time is going to, you know, time's arrow is going to move on and I'm going to forget. But what happened was the war of the world's live event tour that ring of honor was doing. And we were either in Buffalo or we were either in stage AE in Pittsburgh, you know, smaller, but fun stage slash bar and grill type areas. I think it was, you know, somewhere between 1,200 and 2,000 people, but it sounded like 200,000. And the most important thing happened at the end of the night when the show was over, nobody wanted to leave. And I never played last when I was in WWE. I wanted to, but I never played last. And to be out there and to be, once the cameras are down, the guy who's going to make jokes or find some way to take him home, you know, it's, it, that was my responsibility in that night. And they were just, it was just palpable, this bullet club being the elite energy. And then it all really started steam. You know, it all started rolling on. That was when the hot top deal came through. That's when we first started talking about the first WWE pop Funko figures, which are out now. That's when we first started talking about, I bet that we could get over 10,000 in an arena. I bet we could with this crew. No, no legends, none of the things that typically are, are crutches for an event like this. No, no gimmicks, this crew. And, and it was that tour that, uh, that I think I started to sway the others to my side. Thank you for that, Cody. We have another question here from a 718 number. 718 number, uh, please go ahead. Cody, it's uh, Chris Noyasho from the Best of Ever Blood podcast. I'm just curious, besides your match, which match at All In are you most excited to see? Mm. I think that probably changes on a on a daily basis. Um, obviously, I think there's a real aura surrounding seeing uh, Pentagon and Kenny Omega standing across from each other in singles competition. But then there's the six-man tag. Uh, with Kota Bushi and Rey Mysterio being in the same ring. And that just tickles me because, you know, Rey Mysterio gave me my first major break in the wrestling industry as far as singles competitors. And then Kota Bushi is my favorite opponent of 2018, teaming with the Bucks, the Golden Elite. I mean, it's just no one wanted to follow the Bucks and no one's going to have to. Um, but then there's like MJF. Um, I want to, I almost want to, hit a time machine and go back in time myself. Here he is at this young age and he's going to walk out in front of these people. And, and I just have a feeling a lot of people, I don't know if the, the proper vernacular or what, what people say now they glow up. Basically they rise to the occasion. 
I think the show is going to be about people rising to the occasion. There's a lot of people on the show who were considered undesirable. And this is that opportunity to become undeniable, um, you know, and I'm looking forward to it all. We have a uh, question here, Cody, coming from the chat. You mentioned butting heads and having uh, heated uh, discussions with the Bucks about putting putting everything together. How did you guys put together this card with these matchups? Uh, like, uh, I don't know. Uh, it, um, there were two main uh, booking meetings. One took place in the fitness center of the Marriott where no one got a workout in because we just couldn't stop talking about it. So we decided to put pen to paper, which means type it up on our iPad. And then again, uh, when we were traveling back, um, from Japan and we, we all, you know, we're all, we, we go online all day about how popular we are with Delta. And we were up in the sky club and enjoying the sky club. And that was where we really were able to talk it out. But, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that three guys put the money in for this show, but being the elite made this show. Um, and I mean the cast, you know, hangman page had opinions. Marty Skrull had a lot of opinions. Most of them got cut because Marty is insane, but, uh, but we listened to Marty's opinions. Kenny has a lot of opinions. He's the best damn wrestler in the world. Of course he does. So that group of friends, made this all possible and also years of having contacts in the business. Um, not a lot of people know this and I don't know how you'd feel about me sharing it, but Okada, uh, asked us to do this show. He asked us if he could be part of it. And he has this almost Chewbacca like loyalty to Nick Jackson because Nick Jackson took care of them when they were in the impact locker rooms, when they were both, you know, cutting their teeth and struggling on the way up. And there's a lot of that loyalty and just owe it to each other, owe it to the fans. The spirit of this event is what's driving it. It's the point behind this conference call. Um, it's the point behind having StarCast happen because people needed more than one day. Conrad stepped up to them and played and said, hey, here's four days, and I'm going to get these guys for you. Um, the spirit, man, people need this. We want to give it to them. One more question from the chat. Um, you mentioned Chicago being easy to get to, but besides that, any other reasons why Chicago was the right place for this show? Chicago is one of the, the major wrestling cities in all of history. It really is. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a stronghold for all wrestling. Chicago, Philly, L.A., New York, a couple international markets, Toronto. I mean, we looked at a lot of places, but Chicago just, again, so much of this is about what's going on in the gut. What's that good feeling? Um, I've been in, you know, all state arena when it's jam packed to the rafters and the feeling in that place is special. Uh, the community and it's love for history, but it's, it's love where, for where wrestling is going. It's, it's, it's special. Uh, I, we, had, we made it a point to make this first one in Chicago. And I mean, no disrespect to the other markets, but at one point we were going to go somewhere else. And we thought, no, the first spot this has to be, um, is Chicago. Uh, I, you know, from all state arena show after all state arena show to the odium shows, 
all the different places I've been to, there's just something different in the air uh, when it comes to wrestling fans in Chicago. And you can't call it with them. You can't force it on them. Uh, they'll let you know. Great. Cody, thank you so much. I know you've been uh, been waiting for a while. As you mentioned, uh, Conrad gave you a uh, fake time. Oh, but uh, he gave me do- a full... He gave me a false time. He assumed I was just some carny, wild, uh, unpredictable, uh, I don't know, weirdo artist or something, and that I was going to, you know, just sleep in. I've been, I came in on a red eye last night, and this guy gave me a fake time. I love it, though. It was a good strategy. I listened to the whole call. Well, hey, we, we, I know I'm speaking on behalf of everyone on the call. Uh, thank you for your time. Wish you the best of luck with the upcoming show. Um, and we'll go ahead and cut you loose because we know you're, you're a busy guy. Uh, thank you again. For everyone on the call, we will be bringing Conrad back onto the call. If you have any questions, that uh, dial star six. If you have any questions for Conrad about um, StarCast, let me bring Conrad. Conrad, are you there? I don't know how I'm going to follow all of that, man. You know, between uh, I thought it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger with uh, Eric and then Bruce and closing it out with Cody. I'm excited, man. I wish it was this weekend. So we do we do have a couple uh, questions here for you um, through the chat. I have one. Uh, how are you holding up? Uh, I'm near death. Uh, <laughs> I am a one and done promoter. Uh, I'm going back to being Conrad, the mortgage guy who I guess does podcasts. I, I'm just a wrestling fan, but I thought this was a fun opportunity. And, you know, I, I sort of said, man, I wish someone would. And why, why doesn't anyone? And then I just decided, well, why can't I do it? I, I'll do it. So I did it. And now I realized, whoo, I've bitten off more than I can chew between three podcasts and three uh, Patreons that support those of the WWE Network show and my mortgage company, and I'm getting married in two months. Uh, it's a lot to uh, carve off, but I've had fun doing it. But yeah, this is a uh, two-hour-a-night type of territory for me right now. We have a call from 903. 903, go ahead and ask your question for Conrad. Hey, Conrad. Uh, just you, you just kind of talked about your, your mental state, but uh, my question is um, what has been – what have, what have you learned from from the process of trying to uh, uh, run this? Or I guess what is your main takeaway going to be from it? Well, I mean, there's a lot, I guess. You know, the, the answer is I won't know until the event happens. You know, something that I can't convey enough here is this is we're all first time promoters. I mean, obviously, Cody and the Bucks have been, you know, performing in wrestling shows for decades between them. But the idea of, you know, sort of making a list and checking it twice like Santa Claus and being so meticulous about every little detail, it's um, it's a lot. And so as much attention to detail as I like to think I'm going to play here and, and, and as much effort as we put in on the front end, there's going to be stuff we're going to miss. And I don't know exactly what that is. So I'm probably going to be more qualified to answer that question afterwards because in my head, everything's uh, checked off and very organized but that's probably not going to be the case. There's going to be some things where I just miss and I can be honest about that now and say, Hey guys, I've never done it before. So I'm doing my best, but I will say that, you know, the, the one thing that has sort of been the saving grace for all this for me is fight. And I'm not just trying to shield the pay-per-view when I say that, but I realized in an effort to me sort of make this the once in a lifetime thing, you know, what if we did this and what if we did that? 
I made like a dream lineup or my dream lineup with, with everybody who was available for these shows. But the trouble is you can't possibly see them all. And I probably would have scheduled fewer events and I would have given us more time in between them. But by accident, I guess what I made is quite a pay-per-view experience because now you can just bounce back and forth all freaking weekend. So I love that aspect of it, but that wasn't the original plan at all. And I just worry that, you know, maybe we did too much. So that's my takeaway. If anybody is listening to this and says, hey, I think I can do that next time. Don't book so much. I did too much here. Have a question coming in from chat uh, via the chat. If you were a fan going to StarCast, what would be your top three can't-miss functions? Man, that's hard to say. You know, I'm going to take the all-in weigh-ins off because I assume that everybody's going to see that at some point, whether it's on social media. I I think the all-in weigh-ins are going to be everywhere, not just Fight, not just Twitch, but, you know, Facebook, Periscope. I mean, all eyes in professional wrestling are going to be at the all-in weigh-ins. So I'll take that off. You know, I think I would want to be at, or I know I would want to be at Behind the Themes, which is Sean Mooney's program. And, I mean, to me, that's the one that that I've been chasing forever. So I'm super intrigued by that one. I'm sort of um, interested, I guess is the right word to say, about the death of WCW because there's been so much written. And R.D. Reynolds has stepped up to the plate, the author of that book, and had sort of become the go-to resource for all things on WCW and their demise. And on that panel, we've got guys who were there. Dave Penzer is going to be helping field questions from the crowd. J.J. Dillon, who worked in the front office. Kevin Sullivan, who was one of the head bookers. And obviously the guy who ran the show, Eric Bischoff. They're all going to be there. So, you know, those two are, are two of the big ones. And, you know, I don't know how anybody can be looking forward to the roast of Bruce Pritchard. You know, I didn't spoil this for Bruce, but I guess I can run it through with you guys. We've got a who's who of roasters at this thing. We've got two WWE legends. I don't want to say their name because I don't want them to be pulled. Uh, I don't want to stooge it off. Wink, wink. Uh, But I also have professional comedians who are going to be there. And, I mean, real top talent. Taylor Williamson, who was in the America's Got Talent finals, he's going to be there. Uh, we've got Mike Lawrence, who won the Comedy Central Roast Battle. Uh, we've got uh, Shuley from the Howard Stern Show. James Mattern is probably uh, the, the best comedian you've never heard of. He's going to be our roast master. Ron Funches, who's got a Comedy Central special coming up. But lots of other wrestling personalities. Medusa's going to be there. Eric Bischoff's going to be there. The rumor and innuendo is that somebody might be doing some strutting and cutting. Uh, Kevin Nash might be there. Diamond Dallas Page. Jeff Jarrett. So we've got lots of folks who can be sort of good foils, uh, but also really hammer Bruce. So the main events are those three to me. The death of WCW, because I like that sort of wrestling nerdy side of information that, and that sort of debate. I, I just think, you know, this is long overdue. And then the, the roast of Bruce Pritchard is the opposite side. It's more silly fun. And just because I'm a kid, Jim Johnson, man, those are my three main events. Another question from chat. We know you're a collector um, of wrestling memorabilia. Are, are there anybody, is there anybody at StarCast whose autograph you don't have and are looking forward to getting? <laughs> Man, that is a great question. You know, I, I, believe it or not, I'm not an autograph collector. I want to collect like uh, ring use memorabilia. And if there is any of that there that somebody's got for trade, I, I would love to see that. I've never met Kenny Omega in person. You know, most people believe he's the the best wrestler in the world, and, and he's of course going to be at Starcast. 
I've never met Pentagon, so I'm looking forward to meeting some of the guys. But as far as collecting an autograph, I don't know. But I know that everybody's going to be pestering Macaulay Culkin for an autograph. Uh, It's pretty uh, amazing to me that somebody we all sort of grew up on in that Home Alone movie is actually going to be there. And we didn't have to solicit them, believe it or not. They just wanted to come to All In. They wanted to be a part of what we're doing. So, you know, him and Matt at the Bunny Ears pod, they're going to be there. So, you know, I can't say that there's one particular autograph I'm looking forward to, but it will be nice to uh, actually shake hands with a guy that a lot of people say is the best wrestler in the world, Kenny Omega. Open up the phone line 954 number. Go ahead. Yay, Conrad. Jim Barcelona with Miami Herald. I was just curious because you mentioned Jim Johnson before, and that was a challenge, just trying to get him involved. Is he more of an artist type where he doesn't do too many events? It's just him creating his music. I mean, what have you experienced with him in the past, or have you? I just think he, um, you know, it's sort of crazy to think about, or at least it was to me. He doesn't really have an affinity for performing. You know, in fact, he would prefer not to. He doesn't want to be in front of crowds. He doesn't want to play music for them. He doesn't want to feel judged. You know, he, he is very much uh, an evil genius. Like, he's he's more of a uh, an introvert, if you will. He wants to create his music uh, in his own space, on his own time, in his own place. I guess in his privacy. And we're asking him to sort of open up and just share. And I think he was concerned, what if they don't like it? And, and that almost sort of took me back, like, what do you mean? I mean, we all grew up, like, listening to this and running around the house and jumping off of our couch. And, I mean, I remember my road trip to my first WrestleMania. My buddy and I listened to wrestling themes. Yeah, we listened to the regular radio, but every now and again, we just turn on wrestling themes. And that's so silly that if you're outside of our sort of wrestling bubble, you don't really get that. But I don't think he really understood the way he was really revered. And so this is a coming out party for him. You know, he's not too sure about it. You know, he's cautiously optimistic. He's a, he's, he's a little concerned. But I think on the heels of this, it's going to go one of two ways. He's going to say, I'm glad I did that and I'm never doing it again. Or, oh, my gosh, this was awesome. When can we do this again? Um, but either way, I, I think he's in for a real big surprise because I do think he was a little nervous about how he would be received, which is just incredible to me. I mean, he's going to be a superstar at this thing. Thank you, Conrad. Um, one more question here from chat. When you started the StarCast idea, was it a four-day event with this pack schedule or has this grown? Was I'm just trying to paraphrase. Did it grow into something bigger than you anticipated? It's bigger today than it was yesterday. Uh, it's becoming, you know, we were at, in dinner last week uh, in New York right before our live show with Bruce at Gramercy, and somebody asked, you know, about StarCast. And I just casually mentioned, uh, well, that's, that was before StarCast ruined my life because this thing has just, I mean, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm looking forward to it, but I'll be really excited when it's over because it feels like every day somebody else will say, Hey, what about this? And I love the idea and I can't say no. So we keep adding to it. So yeah, the original idea was to do two days. This was going to be a Friday, Saturday thing. And then we're done. And then I thought, well, you know, not everybody can be there Friday or Saturday. I'm thinking from a talent perspective. So if I want to include everybody, maybe I try to tag on Thursday night. 
Well, not everybody can be there Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. And if you really want to get a Kenny Omega there, why don't you do something the morning after? And so it became, before you know it, you just add a little more, a little more, and a little more. And it was originally supposed to be like eight shows over two days turns into 50 shows over four days. And now we're here. We're a week out, man. And you can join in on all the shows and see them live or on demand, unlimited replays. And if you order before the 27th, you might actually win a trip to Chicago. I don't know that we've talked about that enough here, but you're going to get two round-trip tickets to Airfare or Airfare to Chicago, three nights in the suite, every single official meet-and-greet. Uh, you're also going to get an eat-and-greet every day. You're going to get a platinum band uh, for all the shows here at StarCast. And then front-row tickets to All In, plus VIP at the after-party. It's everything. It is the ultimate All In StarCast experience. And our buddies over at Wrestling Travel help put it together. So, and you don't have to be, you know, domestic. You live in England, cool. You're still eligible. Go ahead and place your order. And when you do, you get twenty dollars in fight credit. And fight has been pretty fast and loose with their credits. And if you do enough research, you can probably figure out how to get another twenty dollars in credit. And what do you know? All in is free. And the idea that you could sort of make this a real wrestling weekend, like I know we're on the heels of SummerSlam, but to me. It's this and WrestleMania. These are the two biggest wrestling weekends of the year. And Fight is making it all happen. You don't have to get to Chicago. You can do it at home at fight.tv. Conrad, we're going to take one last question here from the chat. Um, you've had success taking your podcasts on the road and piggybacking them or tying them to WWE events. Is there any chance that you could do a similar StarCast uh, convention tied to WWF events, WWE events in the future? That's a great question, and I'm glad you asked it. No. Uh, I'm sure I could, but the answer is no. As far as I'm concerned, StarCast is uh, Cody and Conrad, or Conrad and Cody, or however you want to do it. If there is an all-in two, and obviously you heard Cody's comments, things have changed a lot over the last few weeks. Uh, if there is another super show like this, uh, I, I would be interested in talking about doing StarCast again. Um, I can't believe I just said that out loud because I don't really want to. But, you know, I don't want to do an all-in two without it either. You know, I, I feel like these events are sort of married now. And if Cody does something like this again, I would love to be his partner and I would love to do it. However, uh, I don't have any intention of piggybacking a WWE event with something like this. You know, that doesn't mean that Bruce and I might not be at WrestleCon, you know, or, or you know, something like that. Sure, you know, th those opportunities exist. But us creating a big convention like this and calling it StarCast and attaching it to WWE, no, that's not going to happen. Great. Conrad, thank you for your time. Thank you for making this call happen today. I just want to remind callers uh, one last time, StarCast on Fight TV is from Thursday, August 30th through Sunday, September 2nd. Uh, $99 weekend pass gets you over 38 live shows, 50 hours of content, live or on demand. Uh, if you order now, you get a $20 credit from Fight TV that can be applied to the purchase of All In. As Conrad mentioned, you'd also be registered to win that travel package. Um, 
Um, and then All In is Saturday night, September 1st, live from the sold-out Sears Center. The pay-per-view starts at 7 o'clock Eastern time, and there is All In Zero Hour starting at 6 Eastern on WGN America. Uh, I want to thank everyone for their time today. want to thank Conrad. want to thank Jeff Jarrett. want to thank Eric Bischoff. want to thank Bruce Pritchard. And want to thank Cody for all taking time out of their very busy schedules for making today's call. Uh, thank you again, and have a great day.